Traceability is also important to each of us as consumers because we want to know where our order is and where mm -hmm. our product is, right? And we're all dealing right now with a, a really chaotic global supply chain situation. And that's been one of the biggest challenges for this business in the last 12 months. So we have a vision to, um, to bring some more uh, transparency mm -hmm. to people that are buying our products, whether it's a B2B sale or it's a consumer sale. So they know where the product is, where its origin was, but where also their order is. Hi there again, food enthusiasts. My name is Chris Rajkowski and your host today for the Future Foodcast, where we're talking with thought leaders in today's food industry and discussing the trends and technology that is and will shape the future of food. Very excited to be here today with Amy McDonald of Star West Botanicals. Welcome to the show, Amy. Thanks so much, Chris. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, we've been having a little bit of a chat before we get rolling here and um, really a lot of interesting things going on, both with your background and your company. But maybe you can help us um, and the audience understand, you know, where did you come from? What brought you? How did you get to the point where you joined Star West? Yeah, um, thanks for asking. So my journey has been perhaps a pretty atypical one. So I, I'm actually... Um, a scientist by background, so microbiologist and biochemist who now is in a CEO role, um, but spent most of my career really growing through the sales and marketing channel. So I originally um, came out of school and went to work for Unilever for a number of years, and um, Unilever is a tremendous training ground for a number of things. I worked um, those first 17 years for Quest International, which is a company that no longer exists today, eventually was sold in part to Jividon and the other part to, um, to Carry, but it was one of the first companies, uh, I guess it's now 30 years ago, that was both involved with taste and texture. Mm. So grew up in that community, um, ran, went from the lab into a sales and then a le various leadership positions, um, but was both on the flavor side and the ingredient side. And as that business was divested and went to carry, I went to carry for a short period of time, but then really missed flavor. So I spent the next 13 years of my career um, in the flavor space, leading a Midwest company um, called Fona International that was recently purchased by McCormick. Um, and it was with them from kind of an infancy stage, under 20 million to over 100 million. And um, really um, a lot of my history, uh, if you look at both Unilever and Infona would be tied to that. Uh, but since that time in the last several years, I spent some time in the CBD space, uh, running a company that was founded by the family that uh, originated Muscle Milk. Mm -hmm. And then in June of this year, I joined Star West Botanicals. And Star West is a 45-year-old business. Um, about 50 million in size, and it's owned now by private equity, Incline Equity Partners. Hmm. Um, and it's a business that's built around herbs, botanicals, and spices, which I think have a great um, uh, foundation for what's happening in the wellness space today. And what we're hoping to do with this business is take its amazing legacy of what they've created with suppliers, um, quality standards and transparency, and now take that into um, a new level of, of wellness and, and trust as things. And we're all as consumers understanding more about uh, the power of plants. Wow. Well, I'm especially always happy to be talking with somebody who started out as a nerd also, and then yes. <laughs> into the business side. Um, similar for me, um, engineering and science and ending up doing what we're all doing here today. But uh, it's really, I think it's great, especially you're in such a technical area that yes. your 
know, really understanding all aspects of the business from the technical, the marketing, sales, product side. Um, yeah, Science Foundation. And I love that I get to use that every day. So even though I'd say the last 20 years of my career have been around uh, leading teams and running businesses, you know, it's solidly based still on a foundation of, you know, what the science behind these products is mm -hmm. and how we can educate consumers right? Especially as people are more focused on things like wellness to, yeah. um, to those pieces. So I, I find it um, a great foundation and exciting to use every day. And I'll still go back and dig in the lab where, when they let me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I understand what that's like. Well, tell us a bit more about the range of products at Star West before we really start digging into the wellness side and the sustainability, et cetera. But um, I'd like to hear more about all the types of products that you're providing. Yes, yeah, so it is a wide spectrum. I think Star West is probably have has one of the broadest um, uh, spectrums of types of materials within this space. Um, so forty five in forty five years, um, they would start initially with uh, type of culinary spices, um, and now we have more than three thousand SKUs that range from. Um, botanicals to adaptogens to um, to spices and herbs and even periphery types of things that might be found in a uh, natural grocery store um, an herbologist might have. So we're really about um, taking the power of the ancient history of most of these items and um, translating that to today's modern wellness. The, um, the shift that we're making as an organization um, is really about um, we, we have traditionally been a one-stop shop for a lot of things, thus the several thousand SKUs. And we're now going more towards um, purpose. Why do people buy these products? Do they buy them for culinary purposes? Are they buying them for wellness purposes? Are they buying them for beauty purposes or maybe DIY projects? And we're now like looking at our product categories and, um, and really understanding the why behind them. And we'll mm -hmm. be reorganizing the space around that. Interesting. Well, you've touched on a few words and phrases um, that are very indicative, I think, of trends that are happening in the mm -hmm. food and beverage and space um, and the products that go into that food and beverage space. How do you see that, you know, this 45-year-old company that may have started out as a spice company, you know, yes. is being shaped today by these trends? What are the trends that are really shaping your business direction? Yeah, um, it's a great question, Chris. So, um, I think that we all have come into this with some preconceived notions around what consumers are looking for, but it was also really important for us as a company to do um, a study with our customers and with consumers. Mm -hmm. And and what we hear from that is that clean label, of course, is important. That's been a trend for a number of years. Um, traceability or visibility to where something came from is another trend. Um, that is incredibly important and, and something that I'm going to summarize as trust. So people want to know that the label that they are seeing when they're purchasing a product is actually what's in the product and that they can time after time trust that that's going to be consistent. So when we think of the themes in terms of what's driving trend and if you think of the whole wellness category, right, those come up time and time again. Where did this product come from? Um, how can I trust that that's what's in there and how does it fit in with my lifestyle where I'm trying to make some changes to clean living? Mm -hmm. and, and we do think that um, customers in general that are looking to a company like Star West 
are living a lifestyle that is around clean, that's around sustainability. It's a choice that people are making to either choose organic or to know what country of origin things come mm -hmm. from. And, and they're quite um, serious about um, what they're putting into their bodies. Mm -hmm. So um, so we recognize that that um, persona, right, is, is really the heart of what the purpose of our brand is mm -hmm. and are driving things that help to build the community around that. Right. Well, a few words you mentioned here, traceability, visibility, trust, yeah. um, <clears throat> maybe also can be condensed into a, a transparency. Yes. Um, and what sort of technologies are you using or processes are you using as a company to, for yourself and internally, before you get out to the consumer end, mm -hmm. be confident and understand your supply chain, the transparency of it, and you know the verification that what you buy is actually what you think you're buying is actually what you bought. Yeah. So um, I love that you said transparency because if uh, it's almost as if Chris, you've seen like some of our strategic documents that we just presented to our board a few weeks ago, <laughs> and uh, transparency uh, is one of those keywords that we're using across the business in our strategic initiatives. Mm. So it's anything from transparency um, of where did that product come from, from what fields, from what farmers, what processes do they have, and are, are they using sustainable and ethical practices? Mm -hmm. So it kind of starts all the way in our supply chain of understanding that. Then there's the aspect that you also mentioned about um, verification and validation of that. Mm -hmm. So um, I wouldn't say that we are quite yet into blockchain in terms mm -hmm. of of, of using that type of technology, mm -hmm. but we're working to set up our supply chain to build the informational network and to capture all of that information so we can understand the source and the story of generation of those products. Right. Then we're gonna carry that through into um, into the traceability of how might we redo our packaging. So people could then perhaps to look at one of our labels and get very quick and easy information about either the source or maybe the certificate of analysis or um, the story of the farmer of where mm -hmm. that came from. So we're headed also in that direction. And then finally, I'll add traceability is also important to each of us as consumers because we want to know where our order is and where mm -hmm. our product is, right? And we're all dealing right now with a, a really chaotic global supply chain situation. And that's been one of the biggest challenges for this business in the last 12 months. So we have a vision to, um, to bring some more uh, transparency to mm -hmm. people that are buying our products, whether it's a B2B sale or it's a consumer sale. So they know where the product is, where its origin was, but where also their order is. And, right. and since um, the, the business transaction has happened and Incline has purchased the um, StarWest organization, we've invested tremendously in systems. So we're looking at anything from our warehouse management systems to traceability systems to um, how we're going to redo our website. If you went to our website today, you wouldn't see the types of things I'm talking about yet. If mm -hmm. you go there in less than 12 months, you will. Wow. So it sounds like you're doing a major overhaul on the business here, really, as you said, with the focus on transparency, yes. and, and as we toss around some terms like blockchain, et cetera, yeah. it sounds like your company is very, very focused on how do you bring that transparency to your customers using technologies like blockchain. I can imagine, for example, some of your products if people are buying off the shelf or even through e-commerce, there's a QR code, they can scan that and they can find the story there. 
Well, that, that's where we will be. We're not quite there yet. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't see too many people yet in our space that are doing that. And it's our intention to lead there. So that, that's exactly where we want to, want to head. Um, you know, and part of the reason that companies might not be there yet, of course, is it's a little bit early. Um, yes. Yes. We're starting to see that. But, you know, there's another reason that other companies might not want to be there is because maybe they don't want that transparency. Right. How do you, and this certainly becomes a strong competitive advantage. How do you see this sort of tension, if you will, between companies that really want transparency and those that might not, even though there may be mega global brands, how do you see that maybe shifting customer interest and in, in where they're, where they're putting their purchasing dollars? Yeah, it's a great question. And, you know, what we're really trying to do at Star West and, and is, is a few things. One, we're trying to challenge the status quo. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to say, okay, this may have been how the industry always done, has done it, but, but what can we do differently? And more importantly, what can we do differently that answers questions that consumers have on their mind? So, mm -hmm. so what we really see happening is consumers are more curious than ever about the products they're eating. We think that COVID has incredibly elevated that mm -hmm. um, from a wellness perspective. I mean, you know, the, those months where we all were, might have been working from home or, um, or trying to uh, increase our immune systems, and, you know, we're not completely out of all of that yet in many regards. So we, we know that the consumer is very conscious. So mm -hmm. we like to take our lead um, by putting ourselves in the consumer's shoes and understand what they're curious about and what mm -hmm. they're demanding, and then translate that through to how does that change business models and maybe break some of the standards that existed before. So mm -hmm. you, are, you are right that there are some organizations and, and different industries that will be um, at a different pace on the transparency scale. We mm -hmm. think what drives it really is the consumer and that we need to get mm -hmm. very close to them and listen to them and make sure that we're following their lead. Yeah, and let's. I want to dig into the consumer side a little bit later, but yeah, in the toward the beginning of our discussion, um, there was a number of comments of wellness, and and this is yes. you know also a big focus for what your company is doing. Um, do you see that sustainability and wellness do they blend together? I, I could imagine they do, but yes. what do you yeah. see from your side? I yeah, I think it does. I think that it it starts again with. Um, who is it that buys these products and what is the lifestyle that they're living, right? Mm -hmm. So people that are um, trying to put additional wellness into their daily routine are typically also, um, they're getting more concerned about label, they're getting concerned about country of origin, they're getting concerned about consistency of product, and they're concerned about sustainability, right? So mm -hmm. it has to translate from all the way from the product in the, in the supply chain all the way through the final packaging. And mm -hmm. um, I'll fully admit, we, we have a ways to go on some of that. Um, but we have an eye towards um, recognizing that, that that consumer that is interested in this space um, is also a sustainable conscious consumer. Mm -hmm. And we mm -hmm. have to close the loop on all of those things. So I think when we really dig down to like, why does this brand exist, right? What are we trying to do, whether it's in wellness or anything? I mean, if we're trying to help people um, to live modern wellness, that's everything from 
what I put in my body to how ethical and sustainable a company might be and what they're doing for the general good in the environment. Mm -hmm. So um, we're going to be aiming and focusing on that. That's where our journey is going to take us. We want to build community around that type of thought process so um, so we can hear and adapt very quickly to um, consumers' needs and desires there. Right. Yeah, and I'm hearing this a lot as a theme and a trend in the sector. Of course, a lot of transparency maybe originates in what am I putting what am I putting in my body? Is it really organic? Is it right? But that's I would say the pure physical health side. Yeah. And there's also the sort of emotional, mental health side. People really, and I think you're describing it also, we're seeing that people are actually making buying decisions based on do I feel good about where this product came from, even if it's as good an organic product as I got from another region? Yes. And I, I think it, I keep symbolizing it to my team about care, mm-hmm. right? Um, tapping into passion and care for ourselves as an organization and for those that we serve. And, um, you know, we have been working with a 45-year-old um, organization, we've been working with some of our suppliers for decades and mm-hmm. have seen those family businesses or those farmers evolve over that time. We absolutely need to, to invest in caring about them and telling mm-hmm. their stories. And I think as a consumer, um, to me, it's very meaningful if, if, if I hear about you know a village somewhere or where we helped maybe to bring um, a technology somewhere or we're helping a family turn a farm into a multiple, multiple generation entity. Mm-hmm. Like those are all stories that like, Yes, important to us as a company, but I think as a consumer, like I would tend to buy more from a company that's that's educating me about that mm-hmm. than one that maybe isn't. I'd pay a few more cents for that, perhaps. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it just really is about care, and yeah. um, the um, you know whether it's organic or or whether it's um, wild crafted, you know, all of those things are things we can embrace and tell people more about origin. Mm-hmm. And as we talk about origin. Um, we can also help those communities. It, it sounds like uh, your consumers, your customers, mm-hmm. um, definitely have an interest in not only seeing back to the origin of their products, but potentially being able to reach back to the origin yeah. of those products. What, what could you imagine with your products again, you know, two, three, four, five years from now? And what, what would it be interesting for, for your company to enable your consumers to reach back and essentially touch some part of how that product is made? Yeah, um, it's a great question that I think we're still in the early stages of ideating around, but Mm -hmm. we have talked about and envisioned, you know, picture QR code on our package that maybe is going to go to a video clip that shows you where um, that Ceylon cinnamon came from. And maybe it's Mm -hmm. an educational piece about Ceylon from different countries and and what that might mean. So um, we do think that that can then translate also back to those originators that maybe because we're increasing education helps increase demand. Um, But we're also helping those originators also from a technology standpoint to understand like 
once they harvest product and they're cleaning product, what can happen on their site before something even gets shipped into um, the U.S. And, and how we might help them up the technology so we exactly. end up um, having cleaner product with less micro concerns and have the traceability with regards to the scientific aspects as well. So I think it could take a number of different shapes and forms in terms of mm. you know what it's meaningful for to the consumer, but how it also, back to that originator, might help them to modernize their their way of working in their facility that's mm. going to open up some new market channels for them as well. Right. Yeah, it's it's an exciting period. We see these technologies coming in that enable us to instantly see around the world where the product came from. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's going to make uh, for a lot more success stories out there. But let's turn, you know, and we're sort of looking upstream, if you will, at the supply chain and look yes. downstream to the customers. And, yes. you know, there's been a a big shift over the last um, 18 months, say, yes. on where consumers are buying their products. In, on, from the North American side, you know, traditionally, of course, all bricks and mortar is that's where you get your your food products, right? Um, and in some cases, that hasn't been possible even these days. So e-commerce has taken a bigger role. How yeah. does that impact your business? Um, we are trying to balance both. So, so because we have a tremendous legacy with wholesale customers that might have those brick and mortar stores that are, are struggling right now to attract people in because they're competing with the e-commerce aspects mm -hmm. um, and the Amazons of the world. Um, we're really trying to actively see how we balance both of those worlds and help um, those wholesalers still maintain strong community and educational mm -hmm. pieces and things like that. Well, at the same time, if they are moving into the e-commerce channel, how can we help them with that and to compete there? So we do have um, a very significant portion of our business that is wholesale, where people have been with us for decades. And, you know, they've run these naturopathic stores and they have people right. popping in and they have people that um, have, have looked for advice. Well, if people aren't popping in and looking for that advice and going on online, how do we balance that for mm -hmm. that wholesaler? So we're trying to put ourselves in their shoes and come up with programs for them uh, that will assist them. At the same time, we're going to be rebuilding our website and helping with an educational aspect of that and, and that purpose-driven um, why someone purchases a product sort of going into journeys associated with that. So I don't know, Chris, that we figured out the, um, the right trick on this. It's certainly not an on-off switch to either one. It's, mm -hmm. a, it's a flexibility and a dimmer going back and forth with seeing the ebb and flow into how do we keep our existing base customers growing while at the same time we begin to turn some more things on for those e-commerce propositions. Yeah, I, I, I think we can all feel that in the market right now. If there's yeah. this big change happening, it's really hard to predict you know, what's going to be normal five years from now. And yeah. everybody's trying to keep their, you know, keep their markers out there on as many spaces as possible. And it's kind of like the whole work environment too. It, it's just, I, I think that we're all still trying to figure out where it's going to land with regards to remote or hybrid working. Mm -hmm. Right. So um, different Industries and offices have been in different situations. We have happened to have worked all the way through um, COVID in the office. So we're in the food space, right? So we mm -hmm. need to be here and getting product out the door. Um, but like as we're attracting talent and bringing in new people, like there's 
uh, more of a request and prominence for remote or hybrid work. Mm -hmm. um, but there's a there's always there's going to be a balance between those two things because I also know a lot of people who have been in completely remote situations for the last year and a half, and even those that are starting their careers that way, that are now craving a little bit more of that office environment again, mm -hmm. right? So so I think it's probably going to settle somewhere in the middle. And like um, brick and mortar versus e-commerce, e-commerce will probably have great greater strength and greater reach, but it's not going to be the solution for everyone. So mm -hmm. there's got to be a way to support and find um, balance across the both, the two of them. Right. Well, um, we've seen I've seen all the way from early entrepreneurs, you know, to people running hundred million dollar plus businesses and billion dollar businesses, and like yourself. Mm -hmm. um, this real tension in dealing with e-commerce and, and how do yeah. you get out there and people are looking at hiring influencers and yes. being on different channels, being on different social media channels. Um, how is that impacting your business specifically on the e-commerce side? Yeah, we are um, fairly fresh in the e-commerce space. So mm -hmm. um, very openly, we've done nothing yet with social mm -hmm. media. Um, so you won't find us there yet. We have to get into that space. And, and we know like from either uh, influencers or affiliate programs, that is a way to drive the business. So we'll be getting to enter enter there. Um, but but we also have the vision, which is why we're recreating our brand and our website, that we'd like to be more customer facing and consumer facing in that regard. So um, we're going to trial a lot of things we're mm -hmm. going to experiment a lot and you know what i found in my past life which was a cbd world around um the whole e-commerce stream it's a lot of quick tests and failures and learning and then try the next thing so i think we're going to be in that same mode with performance marketing in, in star west and trying to figure out like what's the balance of what we do on social what's the balance of what we do in terms of on our own website how ultimately do we build community and right. what's that channel going to look like and we're just starting that journey now so i'm not exactly yeah. sure how it's going to land but i know it's going to be about iteration and experimentation right well and i think it sounds like a really exciting position to be in and you're relatively new in this company bringing a tremendous yeah. amount of experience with you and really it sounds like brought in to make some significant changes um, and evolve the company into you know what the market's going to look like three to five years from now. What are some of the, um, and you have to take a view on some of what these trends are leading toward. What are some of the bets you're making in terms of what key trends, what key results are you seeing three to five years from now that are driving the changes that you're making today? Yeah, um, I think we're placing a heavy bet on wellness. Um, and we see that, um, you know, while culinary will always be an important part of this business. Uh, we're gonna place the energy around building wellness, whether it's um, understanding and communicating about adaptogens um, or nootropics and just really understand the reason why someone's um, consuming mm -hmm. something and building that story around that. So big bet on the wellness side, um, again, focused on where we can get that full transparency continue to have the trust. I think we lost your video feed. Oh, I apologize for that. I, I must have hit I must have hit it with my hands. Sorry about I that. I got you back. Yeah. Editing works. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah let's yeah. continue. 
Yeah. Um, so, uh, so we're placing a big bet on wellness. We think that that is um, botanicals and wellness, whether it's for B2B businesses, for new beverage development, dietary mm -hmm. supplement development, pet nutrition, beauty, mm -hmm. all of those things. Um, people want to know the source of origin and understand, hey, this is lavender. I know what lavender is. This is what mm -hmm. turmeric is. And we think there's just increasing awareness and desire for those types mm -hmm. of products. So we're placing a big bet there. Yeah. Um, we're placing a bet that people are going to look at wellness for a purpose. Why are they taking that product? Are they taking it for immunity? Are they taking it for helpful rest or sleep? Are they taking it for brain health? Are they taking it for um, energy? And we want to begin to organize our products in the categories of the purpose of why someone might be taking those. Mm. So, so our bets are going there. At the same time, we're not going to walk away from our tremendous history on the culinary side. Mm -hmm. um, th there's so many of these, these products. Turmeric would be a great example is you know, it's great for cooking, but it's also great for wellness. So, um, so we want to be able to embrace both of those things, but we're betting on consumers continuing to want to have a modern wellness lifestyle, mm -hmm. um, using plant-based items to help get them there. Yeah. And I think at least from my experience, and I'm certainly not the, uh, long-term food and sort of space expert that you are, but the, the, the phrase functional foods has yes. come up a lot. And I think you just described everything there and people, you know, you don't buy functional food products because it looks nice. You buy it because of a wellness issue usually. Right. And that seems to be resonating with a lot of new companies coming out. Yeah. And it's, you know, I think every individual is in a different stage of what I'm going to call their wellness journey. It might be people that are just trying to change 1% of what they do. It might be people that are, created awareness around maybe something that's a future health crisis for them, or it might just be just about like, Hey, new year's resolution. And like, how can I get better? But, um, wellness has so such a broad category and it has mm -hmm. so many legs within it that, um, I, I think there's a great opportunity to explore each of those purpose legs and then, mm -hmm. and then create product, um, uh, stories around each of those areas. And what I'm trying to also do with star West is take us from a product company into a solution company. Mm. And when we can have those solutions around wellness, that's where we'll really drive growth. Yeah. Well, you're certainly hitting the, the right topic for the times and wellness, I think, um, and tremendous opportunities with the population dynamics happening around the world. Yeah. Um, and also, I think people looking more toward sort of traditional solutions and how do I consume less pills and prescriptions and use some of these products that frankly have been used for centuries and millennia as very productive for people's health. Yes, I think that um, general awareness is is really just in its infancy. Um, I happen to be an Earl Grey tea drinker. I've always been a tea drinker, and, and that's been my preference. And literally since joining Store West, I just learned that the bergamot that's an Earl Grey has a lot of functional properties mm. that I, I wasn't aware of. So um, I'm now thinking, okay, I can drink like three or four cups of Earl Grey tea a day and, and not just one because I'm actually getting some wellness benefit from it. But, you know, that's an education 
um, journey that that was new to me for someone that's been in the food space for 35 years, mm-hmm. right? So just think of how many more of these things there are that either as food professionals or as general consumers that we just need to bring out to the open um, so people create awareness and then can make some of those those mm-hmm. changes or maybe even give themselves permission to indulge in some of these things that have those additional functional benefits. Yeah. And I think that's saying a lot, you know, a person with your experience and expertise, again, all the way from the scientific to spanning the whole spectrum of the business space, um, where you see this concept of functional foods and wellness, um, while there's always been, that's always been a part of the space, Mm -hmm. but being much, much more of a focus going forward. Yeah. And when I think generationally, and, and, and maybe this is just because we all had such an eye on health and wellness through what's happened with the pandemic. Um, I look at my 83-year-old parents who are now like taking different types of dietary supplements that are based on botanicals that I don't think five years ago they ever would have considered. And certainly both of my parents are, are, are individuals who don't like to take medications, right? So it's like, now I see the shift that they've made. Then I see my 22 year old daughter who is really all about, hey, I'm gonna go to the smoothie shop and I want these boosts in my smoothie because this is gonna give me energy and this is gonna give me immunity protection and very conscious around choices that she's making there. So I think that um, it's, it's across, a a whole broad range of demographics, right? That people's um, attention to wellness is just adjusting and, Mm -hmm. um, and, and the awareness that they have around, like you said, these products that have been out there in some cases for hundreds of years and used for their functional properties that Mm -hmm. are just really coming into their, um, into the limelight now. Yeah. Well, I think this has been a tremendous, um, you know, 30 minutes probably for our viewers. And really because I, I think you're able to bring to us this rich history of very practical approach to the, the food and beverage industry and, and really showing us what's actually happening in the future in these this new area, bringing with it your commitments to transparency, trust, and bringing functional foods and uh, sort of the wellness to the public. Well, thank you so much, Chris. I've enjoyed it tremendously and I'm excited for the future of this space, the future of Star West and and where functional foods are headed. Excellent. Well, thanks again, Amy. Um, Again, Star West Botanicals is definitely on the rise with you there. Um, And I'm looking forward to seeing the new website and the new ways that you're marketing your products. Thank you very much for being with us today. Thank you, Chris. It's a pleasure. Thanks for listening to Future Foodcasts. Future Foodcast is powered by Farm to Plate, the leading food blockchain platform. Subscribe on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to stay up to date with the very latest innovations in the food industry. 